this is how many our guy brought in. This is the current min and max. This is why we keep it there because of the suggested min and max. It takes everything that we did in the background and now puts it in the foreground if the customer wants to see it. It documents to the customer why we are so important as, as a partner. Welcome to the McNaughton McKay podcast, your electrical connection. Each episode, we meet with an industry expert to tackle real issues in manufacturing. Join your host, Austin Davidson, to get the latest scoop on automation products and solutions. Hey there, and welcome back to the McNaughton McKay podcast. Today, we're discussing common storeroom issues and what the storeroom of the future looks like. And joining me today are two industry veterans. One has been with McNaughton McKay for over 25 years, with most of that time spent with our CAP team. The other has held various leadership roles over his career and is currently the president and CEO of Storeroom Logics. Joining me are Mark Graham and Sean Leahy. Hey guys, how's it going? Good, buddy. How are you? It's good to be good to be on. Great, Austin. Thanks for having us. Thanks for joining me. So uh, I think you know this is a little bit of an open-ended question, but I know you guys are experts, so you're going to steer me. We'll just kind of keep this broad to start, but uh, storeroom issues. I, I know there's various things that we could. Uh, kind of navigate through here. And, and Mark, you've been with the Customer Alliance Program. For those who don't know, that's what CAP stands for. Uh, and that really, a lot of the time you're spending is in the storeroom, right? So what are some of the things you're seeing that are, we'll just kind of call them common customer issues uh, related to their storeroom? Sure, Austin. So we, you know, like you said, I've been doing this a very long time. So I've met a lot of customers, hundreds and hundreds of them. Um, I think one of the biggest things and one of the main reasons we're using Storm Logics is that storerooms, unlike factories, are uh, in the 1950s and the 1960s in some cases. All the information is handwritten and then sometimes on spreadsheets, sometimes in card folders. Uh, and it's really a fascinating thing to, to watch a factory that's automated. And then you walk into the storeroom and it's like going back in time. Sure. So it's a lot of the questions we have are, how do we, how do we get into this century? How do we have a better look at our inventory and know what we have when we when we need it? You know, in, with just-in-time inventory these days, the factories, especially in the factories, it's really important to make sure you have what you have or know what you have mm. so that you can actually do your job. So that's a common question that we get. Uh, well, how can we make it more secure? How can we get better reports? How can, you know, we do these things that will make our jobs easier? What can we do? This is very complex. That's just a few. Yeah. And I, I imagine, you know, you hit on a couple things for me. One, if, if stuff is still being handwritten, then it's it's pretty difficult to report on that. You got to, you know, bring out your abacus and do everything manually. You can't can't run anything through a program. Uh, and then on the other side, you know, I, I hope there's some point with the podcast where I don't have to bring up COVID all the time, but I know there's still residual supply chain issues that... I don't want to say necessarily caused everything. I think it's been exacerbated by that and various other issues, but that is still a very common hard hitting issue for a lot of our customers is, is just having what they need on the shelf in the first place. Um, so I'm going to toss this one over to you, Sean. So uh, in terms of, of actually keeping track of what they have, you know, whether they're doing it on paper or some other means, obviously that's something that you guys from the store logic side have a, very large interest in. So could you elaborate on what you guys have seen and what's been the motivation uh, for Storeroom Logics? Yeah, I'll piggyback uh, what Mark said, because he's right. 
it turns out these manufacturing companies do a great job of making cars or cookies or whatever they make, but they do a horrible job managing inventory. Mm -hmm. And you're right, with COVID, it exacerbated the whole supply chain problem. And what that turns into is an inventory availability problem, right? So when a customer needs a part to keep their factory running, it's not there. And they have no idea where it is, who took it, if they ever had it, or where to get it. And all hell breaks loose. And they, they spend hundreds, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to find a part to get the factory back running, while at the same time, it's costing them hundreds of thousands of dollars when their machinery is not producing. So uh, it makes a lot of sense to automate this process so they have visibility and control of that inventory and make sure it's on the shelf when they need it. And, and that's what we've done. So again, Mark was right. Uh, it's extremely antiquated. It's, it's crazy how antiquated the process is. So uh, we've stepped in and partnered with distribution to automate the process uh, and really take control over it. So at the end of the day, the parts there when they need it and they could put it in before they need it and keep the factory running. Hey, Austin, let me jump in there and tell you a real story about what Sean just explained. Yeah. So there's a, a vehicle manufacturer in Toledo, Ohio, has an inventory system where they manage all their inventory that comes in and out of the plant, with the exception of a couple of key things. They have rooms in their factory of hidden inventory, sometimes whole floors of mezzanines that are only managed by maintenance people who know what's in there. They're not in any systems. They're not in any spreadsheets. They're not anywhere. So this particular auto manufacturer went down on a Sunday night mm -hmm. and, were, and they were looking for a certain part. They couldn't find it. They couldn't find it. Like Sean said, because it's automotive, it costs thousands and thousands of dollars to go find the part, have it flown in uh, sometimes with the person in, a, in the seat of the airplane with them to make sure that the right person at the plant gets it in their hand when they need it. Yep. Monday morning rolls around. And the electrician goes, I got two of them upstairs in my, in my stash area. <laughs> so of course leadership says, what are you talking about? Yeah. This is inventory that we keep out of the system so that we have it when we want it. I'm imagining that that's, that happens once or twice. And you're probably already thinking, you know, there's gotta be some better way to resolve this, but outside of the, those kind of, we'll consider that maybe an extraneous situation. I think just having a better understanding of I believe you guys call it active and inactive inventory, but things that you're using constantly versus, you know, high volume, low volume, all that information I'm, I'm imagining accounts for a lot of money that's just sitting on the shelf. You know, is that something, Sean, you guys look at trying to optimize how much product somebody keeps on the shelf, depending on how much they use it or how often they go through it? Yeah, absolutely. We do it in a, a few different ways, Austin. So, uh, one of the things that also happens in this very manual process that Mark has described is somebody at some point, could be 20, 30 years ago, went in and identified a part and randomly assigned a min and a max level to it. Mm -hmm. And it never changes, despite the fact that that customer may not ever buy that product again. That same min and max of 50 and 100 stays there for, for decades. Sure. Our software, it in real time, it's connected to your inventory at Mac and Mac, mm -hmm. and also the inventory that's on the customer shelf. And we have algorithms working in between both situations, both the customer located inventory and Mac and Mac inventory. And in real time, we're making recommendations on what that optimal min max level should be. So 
the optimal amount of inventory is on the shelf. The other thing we're doing is providing analytics, exactly what you're, you're referring to. So providing the analytics to help them and you mm -hmm. uh, manage that inventory the most effective way for the customer. Again, so the parts on the shelf when they need it, and they're also not having an exorbitant amount of inventory on their shelves. You know, pig piggybacking again on Mark's comments earlier, we did an analysis of one customer and found on average, they had the same part in nine different places throughout the facility. Yeah, Somebody would add it over here and somebody would add it over here. And the problem was they were not spreading that nine evenly throughout the factory. They were duplicating it each time. So they had nine, 10, 15 times the amount of inventory uh, that they actually needed. Mm. A, a horrible use of working capital. Yeah. Given kind of the, the, flow of, of products nowadays, um, you know, something that I, I remember having to deal with at, at one point very stringently was trying to find alternatives. So is that something else that you guys, whether it's through the software or, or Mark through the CAP program, um, say a product is not readily available, are you guys there to help guide, you know, this is, this is a replacement part and whether it's a drop-in or an engineered replacement? So we had a customer that, that, that exactly what you're talking about, where the supply chain was constantly running out of uh, rain type connectors that they needed a lot of. Mm -hmm. So through a manipulation of the software and our own knowledge, we created a space in the software where the alternative part numbers existed. So if the person walked up to the bin and ordered some parts and didn't have them, they had three or we didn't have them. They had three or four other choices. Mm. And we, you know, we used a certain part of the software to do that so that they knew what that. And so, so we had their permission to do this. We created an internal part number for the customer. And then in our system, we turned that internal part number into four different part numbers at Mac and Mac so that the person then could put in that internal part number. And then we could pick anything we had that was an exact match. Gotcha. So there's just ways that the, it was invisible to the customer. Yeah. So then the, the, why they, we had to do that and we did it, we actually printed it on their labels, I think as well, so that the customer could then walk up and go, well, I ordered this uh, connector and then the part number's K-O-N-N, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And now I got this EGS, da, 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 da. Uh, I, don't, I don't know where to put this. So then they get to the right area and they're like, oh, okay, that looks like it. Oh, and it's on the label? That can go right in there. Perfect. So they don't have to worry about getting the wrong thing because we made sure to make it idiot proof is the best way to say it. <laughs> we'll, we'll say it's a genius adjacent is what you're, you're looking genius for. Genius adjacent. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So we, we, you know, we've talked about a couple different scenarios where either you can't get the, the part you need, or maybe you're keeping too much on shelf. So that's, that's been a lot of quantity that we've discussed. Hey, Austin, uh, but, can I, yeah, can I, I wanted to just tag one other thing on what Sean sure. said about the ability of the system to, in, in the background, create um, a different min and max than the customers used to. Uh -huh. That is one of the most interesting things. When you show that to a customer in a demonstration, I say, here's the min and max. And I always pull up a real customer. And I basically say, this customer thinks they need this, but I can tell right now they don't, they need this. I don't have to now wait on my maintenance guy, my electrician, my buyer. I have something besides all that that gives me real-time information that I can make a decision on right now. Yeah. Well, and that, I mean, 
now we, we could start getting into more of a macro scale on this discussion if you wanted to. But, you know, with rates going up, money's not as cheap as it was a few years ago. Exactly. So, you know, that return on investment, I think, especially if you have the right people in the room, mm-hmm. it's very quick, very obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you. Thank you for that elaboration. What I was going to try to lead you in previously was if we're not talking just say quantity in terms of relation to the inventory, what about, I guess, security would be the right word or accountability in terms of who's using parts, right? If Unless you happen to know somebody's handwriting really well, and you can see that on the paper record, I'm assuming that it's it's very hard to track who's using what, and that level of accountability, it just kind of diminishes at that point. So I, I'm hoping with the Storeroom Logic software, you guys have something that will keep track of either user logins or, or whoever is uh, actually pulling this stuff off the shelf. Is that is that a true statement? That is an understatement. SRX has a lot of ways to do security, all the way down to single item dispensing, um, to weighted shelves, to a whole bunch of different ways of doing it. But in the real basic VMI world, the brains in the background are the same. Mm-hmm. So even if you're taking it on the off the shelf or out of a locker, the uh, security is, again, to the individual part or to a, a whole room of parts. But what that happens is you know how many they took, you know who took them. You know exactly what time they took them. It, it's one of the it's one of the big selling points right now for us is security and accountability, knowing who took it, when they took it, and then what. So then you, the next question follow up later on or now is why you took it. Where is it sure. going? What job? You know what are we using it for? You know is it you got a home you got a project where you're creating a something at your house and you needed it for that. <laughs> Okay, or you're putting it on this line or that line, or you're building this machine. Well, Sean, you you look like you want to jump on, yeah. Yeah, I did. Sorry, Austin. So one of the things to add on to that is the way we do what you're referring to is through allocation codes. Okay. And what Mark was talking about with the flexibility, so the customer has the option if they want to require allocation codes or make that optional, Mm -hmm. and they can do that by individual parts, and we can restrict access to certain parts for certain people, but... In order to get access to a part, a user may have to put in, hey, I am using this in the paint shop, or I am using this in the boiler room, or I'm using this on the third floor, whatever it may be. And then our reporting and the analytics that you were asking about earlier, we could set up automatic subscriptions, so reports go automatically to different people at the frequency that they want, and they'll have complete documentation of every single thing that was removed, by who it was removed by, what time, and to Mark's point, where they used it. And not only on consumable parts, but that could also be done on assets or tools. So if if you have a customer who wants to manage their tools because they're losing $1,000 pieces of equipment like that, yeah, um, all of a sudden they can keep track of that as well. Well, and I'm assuming you know the next step from that too, this was, uh, this was something that came up when I was talking to Bob Minton about our, the CHAMP program, but looking at all this data, I mean, obviously if, if we get everything from the customer side in, we're managing the inventory, it's data they can look at, but it's also data you guys as a, as a partner for them can look at and understand, Hey, you guys are going through a lot of drives on this line, or there's, there's something that's being consumed at a rate that seems a little disproportional. Maybe we should assess that, or maybe you guys should, should look into that. So you're, you have eyes into the plant kind of indirectly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No question. We also have velocity codes. So right within the software with green, yellow, and red, 
you can see the velocity, whether the product is moving, whether it's frozen, uh, whether it's slow. So just quick visual, you'll have an idea of what, what's turning and what's not. One of the things that I think that I've been using a lot with customers in the field, and they really appreciate knowing this, is VMI used to be invisible to the customer. The customer has no idea what we're bringing in. The customer has no idea what we're putting away. The customer has no idea what's happening. Ah. It's all invisible, and you can't really look into it. Sure. Uh, so it's one of the ways I show customers, even if the customer doesn't use SRX and we use it as an internal mechanism, I can then explain to the customer in v when I'm selling VMI, mm -hmm. our tool that we use to do our job, you have access to. If you want to see every transaction that we did for you, I can set you up to see that. So you know, because I always talk about the integrity of what we do. This is how many our guy said you needed. This is how many our guy brought in. This is the current min and max. This is why we keep it there because of the suggested min and max. It takes everything that we did in the background and now puts it in the foreground if the customer wants to see it. It documents to the customer why we are so important as, as a partner. Um, and then yeah. the other thing I thought it was it's key to say that we didn't touch on is how much time we save the customer. You know, all of a sudden what took them a couple hours a week, it takes their time down to almost nothing. We put it in, yeah. we put it away in the software, we check it out in the software. All the customer has to do is just get a report if they want it. That explanation made me made me curious on, you know, what what does the implementation actually look like? So I know, uh, I know we have a piece of software here, we have the cap team, uh, but if I'm a customer and I say, okay, Mark, Sean, I'm, I'm on board for this. I, I want you guys to manage the inventory with storeroom logics. You know, what, what does that spin up time look like? What, what does the process uh, kind of all include? Um, it's really simple. Either you give us a spreadsheet of your current inventory. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't have that and you've been buying some of it from us, we'll run it through our own business system. If you've been buying it from our competition and they aren't willing to give you any data and you have none, we'll come in and collect it by hand. Storm Logic has a, as an excellent tool to help us do the initial inventory. I have only used it once or twice, but it's there for us. But you know, we are a lot of times collecting data part by part sitting in the storeroom. Once we have the inventory list, either combined with stuff that you have or you don't have, um, we would then we'll do all the setup for you. We get everything ready. We load all the inventory. We work with you on the mins and maxes based on, you know, we've been in the business a long time. And so based on what you do at this factory, I'll be able to tell you right away that a thousand lock nuts is not necessary. That's an old habit that somebody had when they ran out 10 years ago. And now you have more than we have of something. You don't need that. You know, I, I've said that over and over again to people. You have more than we do. Yeah. And we're five months on the road. There's no reason to ever have that many yeah. in this factory. What, what I'm hearing is, is it's very easy and it doesn't require too much uh, effort on my part. Nope. On your part, Austin, you just got to get the management buy-in to make sure we are allowed to do what we need to do yeah. and then enjoy the rewards of our hard work because our job is to make your job easier, not harder. So we try not to put any of this on you. I, try to take I, it I have that ourselves. recorded audio now that you're going to make my job easier. I appreciate that. That's That was the whole point. You're of this. welcome. Uh, <laughs> that is all the questions that I had directly to you guys. Do you have anything else about uh, CAP, storeroom logics, anything that, that you want to say? I'll just kind of leave the floor open to you guys for now. There is an absolute trend going on in the industry where end customers are oftentimes requiring their suppliers to provide vendor managed inventory as a service. 
Uh, we have a lot of statistics showing that that trend is growing faster than the overall, overall market. So we're trying to jump in and disrupt that market with our distributor partners. By the way, we only partner with distribution, unlike some of our competitors, only with distribution and giving you guys an advanced technology and really change the way this game is done where they can they can go with partners like McNaught and McKay and, and really move into the future. And the other thing is we have this large team of developers where where we are today where, with our solution is not where we're going to be tomorrow. We're, we just keep on building and improving and improving and improving to someday we really get to that virtual storeroom of the future, which is where we're heading. And so let me support that, that, that comment. So in the time that I've been working with uh, SRX, that that's a hundred percent true. You know, we have calls with the developers. We have lists of things that we are interested in talking about to make the software either different than the competition, better than the competition, or in some cases, what are they doing that we're not quite doing the way they they're used to seeing it. Mm. Um, but it's, it's a easy development team to work with. They are serious about listening. Again, most software companies aren't serious about that. You know, they're already developed. They're already done. There's nothing they're going to change. Yeah. You either like it or you don't. Uh, We're obsessed. Yeah. yeah, they are. They're obsessed. With it. <laughs> well, and, and you know, Sean, in your explanation, what it what it made me think a little bit analogy-wise is we're kind of forcibly blurring the lines between, you know, what is, what is a distribution warehouse and what is the customer storeroom? And mm-hmm. the more we can kind of mesh those together, I think the more seamless it is for everybody. And maybe that's the storm of the future. So let me tell you about some stuff of the future that's happening right now. For both companies, yep. we can set a critical min and an out of stock min. So behind the scenes, anybody who wants to know, knows when you're getting close to being out and knows when you're out, mm-hmm. which is to me, the future of inventory management. In the very basic software, we can set that. And as long as everybody's doing their jobs, you won't run out. The next day, it'll be there. We'll make sure it gets there. Perfect. It's like the whole story I told about jumping on a plane. Yeah. If that had been in SRX, you would have never, ever happened. And now using critical bins and, and uh, out-of-stock alerts, it's one of the things customers love. So anyway, I wanted to jump on that. Because to me, that's the future. It, it's, it's literally behind the scenes telling you what you need to do before you know you need to do it. Yep. It's it's nice when you don't have to make the decision somebody else makes it for you. And I guess that's why travel agents exist. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's all the questions and all the time we have for today. Uh, just like always, if you have questions about this episode or any previous episodes, please feel free to reach out to your local McNaughton McKay account manager. And we'll get you in touch with guys like Mark and Sean over here who can help take your storeroom into the future. Guys, thank you so much for your time.